नमस्कार मैं हूं निधि और आप सुन रहे हैं अनस्टॉपेबल दिस पॉडकास्ट इज फॉर यू फन फियरलेस एंड ब्यूटीफुल वुमेन वेलकम टू योर ब्रांड न्यू एपिसोड ऑफ अनस्टॉपेबल वेर वी डिस्कस मैटर्स क्लोज टू अ वुमेन्स हार्ट यू गेस्टेड द पर्पज ऑफ दिस पॉडकास्ट इज टू ब्रिंग यू फैक्ट्स एंड रिसर्च interwoven with storytelling and poetry the idea is to change the narrative around important issues that relate to women so are you ready to go on a new journey each week with me nidhi so let's get together and make this journey unstoppable नमस्कार एंड वेलकम टू अ ब्रांड न्यू एपिसोड ऑफ अनस्टॉपेबल रिसेंटली इट वॉज दिवाली द इंडियन फेस्टिवल ऑफ लाइट्स एंड वेन आई वॉज लिटल माई मॉम यूज टू बाई मी अ न्यू आउटफिट टू वेयर फॉर दिवाली इट वॉज कस्टमरी एंड ऑल ऑफ आस इन द फैमिली यूज टू वेयर अ न्यू अटायर एंड सेलिब्रेट द फेस्टिवल आई वॉज ऑल्सो नैग बाई माई माम फॉर लैगिंग इन फैशन सेंस But for most women fashion is a topic close to their hearts. Many of us enjoy shopping for clothes, shoes and accessories and feel more confident when we put our best foot forward. In the Indian context our attires are famous for being colorful and varied. Our 6 yards of saree which is well known for its grace and elegance changes in design, texture, materials and craftsmanship from one Indian state to the other. Kanjivaram is from Tamil Nadu. Banarasi is from Banaras or Varanasi. Bandhani is from Gujarat and so on. Also, our celebrations and festivities are intertwined with fashion. If you have ever attended an Indian wedding, you might have been surprised to see the bride decked up in a handmade and super heavy wedding trousseau. Now, whether you're Indian, Singaporean, Swiss or American, Fashion is an integral part of our lives. You may be familiar with the term fast fashion, which refers to budget-friendly and trendy clothing that are very quickly coming in and out of style. Many retailers introduce new design multiple times in a season in order to stay on trend. More than 150 billion garments are manufactured worldwide each year. and the value of the global apparel industry is 1.5 trillion US dollars but before you swipe your card to purchase that dress pause because the way we dress is destroying our world the fashion industry is plagued with several issues 
An alarming statistic that I recently learned is that every second a truckload full of clothes is either sent to landfill or incinerated. It's estimated that an average person purchases 60% more pieces of clothing and discards them in half the time than we did 15 years ago. But it's not just the consumption which is problematic, but the manufacturing too. Fashion is the second most polluting industry in the world, and its carbon emission is more than all international flights and maritime shipping combined. 90% of water from textile industry contains toxins such as lead, mercury, arsenic, which are dumped into the water bodies without being treated, contributing to 20% of industrial water pollution. It's also the third most energy-consuming industry in the world and is a very thirsty business. Did you know that to make a simple white t-shirt, you need 2,700 liters of water, which is equivalent of 30 bathtubs? Or to make a pair of jeans, you need 20,000 liters of water. Now, do you still want to swipe that card? <sighs> I feel you. Maybe you can already visualize yourself wearing that dress with the apt accessories and the right shoes and your friends and family giving you compliments. But indulge me for a little longer and allow me to take you on a journey as I speak with fashion bloggers, designers, Instagram influencers and mothers who share what fashion means to them and how the industry is evolving and how do they make their fashion choices. I hope this episode creates awareness and helps you make better choices in future. Before we dive in further, I would like to thank Haima from Switzerland and Prajna Kaveri from India for helping me research this important issue. Thank you for making it easier for me to put this podcast together. If you would like to be part of the podcasting process, whether it's helping me research or finding the right guests, I would really appreciate your support. You can contact me via email or my Instagram provided in the podcast description. And if you have been enjoying my podcast, please leave us a positive rating and a review. That would really help us reach more audience just like yourself. With all that said, let's head back to the show. The first question I asked my guests was, what does fashion mean to them? Let's hear it from Richa. Richa is a Singapore-based content creator behind Urban Mantra, which is a blog and an Instagram page, chronicling her fashion journey and reflections on motherhood. Besides her blogging pursuits, she juggles a full-time job in health tech and is a mother of two active boys. I was beginning to see that fashion need not be uh, confined to supermodels that are being found on fashion magazines. Like the average person uh, like you and I could actually share our own personal style. And, and that's, and it just made it so approachable for me. You know, like I like to share style that is wearable, approachable from a mom, busy working mom's perspective. And it's something that I've come to realize is, is what people appreciate because it's not about 
high ma- high fashion, you know, standing on a runway. It's not about that. It's really just about, hey, I'm just a regular person, but here's how you can look put together through all the busy different aspects of your life that you as a woman juggle, being a mother, being a working professional and all of those things. So, so fashion for me is something that is uh, supposed to be comfortable, wearable, and just looking well put together. I was curious to learn how a fashion designer makes sense of fashion. So I spoke to Rish Aravish. Rish is a Thai fashion designer who aims at using local materials such as Thai silk in his contemporary designs. He has won the Design for Asia Award and the Mango Fashion Award, and his designs have appeared in Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, and several other publications. Let's hear his thoughts. For me, as a designer, fashion is not only about clothing, it's about lifestyle. I'm Thai. I was born in a small town in Thailand, Buriram. As I look back to my childhood, like culture of the silk or something handmade, and I would like to bring that to to make another level of, of craftsmanship. So me personally, I like handcraft or something with made by hand. But how to make it contemporary, how to make it global, not primitive, not... So for me, fashion design is the way to communicate with people or like poetic. It's not only just clothing and also caring about local community and the, the people in the village. Coming up next is Swati, who's a fashion blogger based in Switzerland and also a trained dancer who's combining her love for dance and fashion through her YouTube videos and her Instagram page. Fashion for me is, of course, a very popular aesthetic expression. Uh, but more than that, when I think of fashion, first of all, I look for something that I would really love to be in. And it's not only about clothing. I would call fashion to be also like accessories, then um, maybe my footwear, uh, makeup or everything else that I carry with that. And of course, the attitude. It's a complete package for me because, uh, as you as you mentioned, uh, I'm also a fashion blogger uh, on Instagram right now. So I only not only look for comfort, that is only when I'm at home, but then usually I'm targeting uh, the people uh, on Instagram. And then, of course, the fashion for me on Instagram is a different uh, is a different aspect than it is in day to day life. As we heard from our guests, fashion caters to different needs. Comfort, personal style, professional avatar, and as Swati mentioned, fashion is increasingly influenced by social media. How is social media shaping the fashion landscape? In the 1980s, fashion trends were influenced by the Indian film industry, aka Bollywood. I'm sure many of us recall Madhuri Dixit's iconic look in Hamap Ke Hikon, wearing the purple sari in the famous song, Didi Tera Devar Devana. Later, the ramp became a source of inspiration, but these days it is influencers like Richa and Swati who are sharing their creativity and style, which is relatable and appealing to regular women like you and I, which is gaining traction. In fact, fashion brands allocate between 30 and 75% of their total marketing budget to influencer marketing. 53% report that they spent a sizable chunk of their budget on social media community growth and engagement. Even if we take these numbers with a pinch of salt, 
We can't deny the growing trend of influencer marketing. I asked Richa how has her understanding of the issues surrounding the fashion industry evolved over the years and how she tries to strike a balance between fashion and sustainability. So for me personally, I would say in the last um, three or four years, I have become a lot more aware about the effect of um, fashion and fashion industry on the climate. So, I mean, I've never been much of a a spendy person when it comes to fashion in the first place. Um, it's always about making sure how can I make my clothes work the extra mile, right? Like whatever is in my closet, how can I make it work and style it in different ways? So I've always enjoyed doing that. But now above that, I have la- this layered this awareness of, well, let's be a bit more mindful about the kinds of um, stores that I visit and, and that I support and purchase from. So a lot more brands that are coming up nowadays are those that are focused on um sustainable fashion in some way shape or form and now the word sustainability in fashion is also something that's used and thrown around a lot so it's very important to be able to understand what does that even mean because some people use that word very broadly or very loosely and it's really important to be able to understand how are you using it how are you being sustainable so that's a question that i often ask brands that approach me um because you could be sustainable only in one part of your whole fashion supply chain but it could be also from beginning to end so you know these are some of the questions that i ask as well so as a consumer i'm more mindful of the kinds of brands i shop from from a fashion blogger i'm mindful about the kinds of brands that approach me and i ask them questions about how they are defining themselves as sustainable and um and the brands that come themselves are coming up i've realized that there's a lot more um social consciousness that's coming up in them. So even if they're not completely sustainable, quote unquote, from start to finish in their supply chain and development and design process, at least they're trying to be more mindful and ethical in terms of the way that they are processing all of this. As Rucha correctly pointed out, the term sustainable or eco-friendly or green fashion can be used vaguely, leaving you uncertain what these terms truly mean. Let me try and explain few of them today. Let's start with organic. Often you would see the label of organic cotton used on kids outfit. These are fabrics that are grown from non-genetically modified plants without the use of harmful chemicals such as fertilizers, insecticides or pesticides. Let's take the example of cotton, which is often a key material for apparel production and is used in 40% of the clothing worldwide. Cotton uses more insecticides and pesticides than any other crop in the world. This is a major threat not only for the soil, wildlife and freshwater ecosystems, but also for the health of workers and people living in the farming community. Moreover, cotton is a very thirsty crop and tremendous quantity of water is required for its production. It takes about 2,700 liters to make just one t-shirt which can fill about 30 bathtubs there are many helpful videos by ted education national geographic that shed light on how cotton has massive carbon footprint and i would be sharing them through my instagram and linkedin which are linked in the podcast description so what's the alternative to con- conventional cotton well the answer is to use clothes made with organic cotton or made of linen hemp khadi or recycled fabric building on our example of cotton organic cotton does not use gmo genetically modified seeds 
or toxic chemicals and uses 88% less water and 62% less energy. To reduce water consumption, organic farmers use a soil rotation system in order to maintain soil fertility. That way, nutrients retain water longer and less irrigation is required. Even the manufacturing process is controlled as chemical dyes and whiteners used in the process have to meet a certain standard to attain the label of organic. Hence, organic cotton is a more sustainable alternative to conventional cotton. Moving on to biodegradable. This means that the substance is capable of being decomposed by bacteria or other living things. Not all products are completely biodegradable, but the more organic materials used in a product, the more biodegradable the product and better for the environment. Sadly, 60% of our clothing today is made of plastic microfibers, which aren't exactly biodegradable and can take up to 200 years to decompose. The list of synthetic fibers include polyester, nylon, acrylic, and elastane. Think of your swimsuits, tights, sportswear, lingerie. They usually use these kind of materials. All of them are either plastic or petroleum based and require a great deal of energy, emit greenhouse gases and use toxic materials in their production. But in terms of convenience, they're great fabrics, very durable, resistant to stretch, often wrinkle free, easy to wash and dry super fast. But the problem is every time a synthetic garment is washed, about 1,900 microfibers are released into the water which are too minuscule to be filtered out by today's washing machines. And where do they end up? In the oceans and into the bodies of fish and other aquatic creatures and also into our foods and drinks. Another term you might have heard is ethical fashion. When ethics are discussed within the context of fashion, it most often refers to how people are treated in different stages of production. It usually means that workers were provided safe and hygienic working conditions and a fair wage. Most of the workers are in developing countries such as Bangladesh, India, Myanmar, China, where they work for long hours for minimal pay. In 2013, a large garment factory collapsed in Dhaka, Bangladesh, which brought to light the dangerous working conditions. Over 1,100 factory workers died in the disaster and roughly 2,500 were injured. The factory had developed cracks the day before collapse and the workers had highlighted this to the owners, but they were ordered to return to work just as usual the next day. And what happened the next day? The eight-story building collapsed. The factory manufactured garments for well-known brands such as Primark, Mango and Benetton. Before resuming our conversation, I would like to share a word about my other podcast called Brainstorm, which I publish with kids. Please have a listen. Hello everyone, I'm Vanya. I'm six years old and a huge Harry Potter fan. Hi, I'm Nidhi. I'm 40 years old. And together, together each fortnight, we introduce you to people books and movies that will inspire and uplift you. Brainstorm, our new podcast is Food for Thought, which sparks great conversation with your kids. We also have a flavor of the fortnight where you, our listeners, can contribute on important themes in our calendar. 
The fourth concept I would like to introduce is circular fashion. Currently, the supply chain is linear. The journey of a garment starts at the farm, turns into a fabric, and then sewn and dyed into an outfit which reaches to the final consumer through the retailers. After we are done with the garment, it ends either in a landfill or it is incinerated. Incineration refers to the process of burning garbage at high temperatures. And remember, I mentioned that every second, a truckload of clothes are sent to landfill or incinerated. In circular fashion, on the other hand, the materials flow in a circular cycle rather than in a straight line, thereby efficiently recirculating the discarded clothes to produce new garments instead of ending up in a landfill. You might have come across the old clothes collection boxes in H&M and other stores, but do check with the store staff if these are actually recycled or sent for incineration. Clearly, the fashion industry needs to do more to reinvent itself and implement this model by coming up with new and effective methods to use better recyclable materials and minimize waste cutoff during production. Recently, I heard about Sanjeev Bell, founder of Cytex, who is putting this circularity into action. In his facility, which is based in Vietnam, waste pair of jeans and landfill garments are fashioned into nanoparticles, creating a substance which can be used to make furniture like chairs and tables replacing wood. Further, this factory recycles 98% of the water it uses in its production process. Cytex counts Everlane, Madewell and Ralph Lauren among its clients. I also discussed with Wish how he is incorporating circularity in his fashion designs. The easy way, the best easy way is to bring the leftover fabric to make accessory, small accessory. And the second step is bring back all the little pieces that cannot use and remake the new fabric out of it. Like they will spin the yarn and then use this as a recycled yarn to produce a new fabric. So we don't need to throw it away or burn it, you know. On the direction of eco-friendly, I try to try to use the low natural dye or try to respect the, the color of the material itself, try to cut the process to save the energy. Or even the color have to be from the, the local plant or something that they could find in their own region. So it is possible to combine fashion with sustainability. It only has to become a priority. So far, I've explained organic, biodegradable, ethical, and circular fashion. Although I have tried to use generally accepted interpretations of ethical or organic, these umbrella terms may mean different things to different people and different organizations. So it's important to add that they are industry accepted certifications that help in standardizing labels such as global organic textile standards, fair trade, etc., which make it easier for us consumers to make better choices. I would explain such labels through my Instagram page because pictures would do more justice to such information. Please do check them out in my fashion stories. After listening to all this, you might say, Didi, all this is not good news, but how can I help change this giant industry? Well, this is where you're underestimating your power. Women control 40 trillion US dollar of consumer spending worldwide, and 85% of purchase decisions are done by women. 
So my dear friends, you have more power than you can imagine and your mindful choices can shape the future of this planet. Let's listen in from our guests how they are tackling this situation. I asked them what strategies do they use to make eco-friendly choices. First, let's listen in from Haima, who is an IT professional working with a bank in Switzerland and is a mother of three lovely girls. This would be followed by Vish and Richard's inputs. Considering the shopping criteria which I, which I take, or firstly I try to refuse and I wait and I rethink and question myself, do I really need it? And after I feel I cannot avoid it, and when I decide to buy, and I first think, does the style suit me? Or is it comfortable? Or will it last long? Or how many times would I be wearing it? Or does it fall in my budget? And the type of fabric? And also the origin? And as a mother of three kids, I try to recycle the same clothes from, from the elder child to the, to the little ones. So in that way, I, I, I try to avoid more shopping, more consume, consuming more, more uh, clothes. Coming to the coming to the sales. Yeah, now I don't go to sales. I have stopped going. When I use silk textile, it's not only support one, but it's the whole village because silk have their own culture. You have to grow the warm. You have to grow the the plant, the mulberry, and it create a lot of job and create the life of the local. So when I use silk, it's not only silk. It's support many people behind and I try to challenge try not to do it in traditional way try to make something more contemporary something more modern it used to be kind of a poo-pooed top idea of like repeating an outfit if you're a fashion blogger on your Instagram grid and like in the last few years I've come to feel like well what's wrong with that I actually own up to the fact that yes I repeat my clothes don't we all and and so why shouldn't social media reflect that part of reality so um, I I think I'm more and more confident um, over the last few years to be able to showcase outfits that I might have worn in the past but I'm wearing them again or I'm wearing them again just in a different way one way is like you can do, you know, clothes swapping amongst friends or family. There's there's a way to make what you have in your in your wardrobe um, just last longer by just doing a swap. And I think that's that's an that's an example of practicing sustainability in fashion. I, I I do apply the same thinking with my children as well. And I think there's there's you know where the children at this age. I mean, it's for them they they're happy with just having like clothes that they're that they're excited about with colors and stuff so it doesn't matter if it's brand new versus something that was you know maybe has been worn earlier i think if you start them early like this kind of mindset will remain with them in the long run um yet another example that i might say is that it's okay to buy from places like h&m and zara um i personally do as well i'll be the first to admit yes i like zara clothes but if i buy them I make sure that I am wearing them a lot. Like I need to like it and I need to be able to wear it numerous times to be able to say that, yes, you know, even if I did buy from a fast fashion store, I made sure that it's worth the the money that I spent and that I'm getting as much use out of it rather than just having it end up in a landfill somewhere. To summarize what we heard from these wonderful ladies and gent, it would be apt to say that asking the right questions is already half the solution to this problem. The first thing we need to consider is do we need an outfit? How many times are we going to use this outfit? 
can we use an existing outfit and maybe team it with another piece to give a new twist and appeal? If not, would it be possible to swap an outfit from a friend or borrow from a rental store? If you have to buy, consider buying locally sourced product. Locally sourced fabrics not just support local communities and traditional methods of weaving and design, but they could also be more eco-friendly. Read the labels and do not be shy to ask questions. We need to educate ourselves about the terminology, circularity, ethical fashion, etc. But also about the labels such as global organic textile standards, cradle to cradle. I would be sharing a summary of all these labels on my Instagram and LinkedIn, which are provided in the podcast description. And as Richa and Haima mentioned, the impact of our mindfulness outlasts our lifetime as our kids imbibe these practices and use them in their lives. Also, in a broader sense, these principles can be applied to other products we purchase, be it a home decor piece, a rug, or even our shoes. For instance, IKEA and Nike are trying to increase the use of recycled materials in their product range, and so are many other brands. Investing some time in researching the products we intend to buy would help you make a mindful choice. Our choices make a difference. So let's make our choice count. First, I have to educate myself as to what kind of uh, clothing is really a bio clothing or something that is not uh, uh, a part of uh, the child labor. If everybody everybody thinks that, okay, only one person cannot make a change, then they are wrong because it is it starts from one person. So I don't care if others do or not. I would do that little bit for the environment and feel proud of myself for sure. They are paying less price and they are paying the price of their lives.